0: hey, if you're like me and, I don't know, all of podcast listeners, you can't get enough of true crime. It is like the number one uh, genre of podcasts. And in fact, my family and I took a six-hour trip to the beach last week and we binged the entire series of Father Wants Us Dead the whole way down. It was so good. And we did it with our nine and six-year-olds in the car, which I guess puts our parenting in question, but it was so freaking addictive. And that's why I was so stoked that the hit pop culture podcast, Spectacle, is back with a new season. And I wanted to share a clip from the show that I think you'll love. On the newest season of Spectacle, true crime is the topic Host Mariah Smith is back and she's dissecting our messy, messy obsession with true crime. I mean, why is it that we can't get enough of Ted Bundy documentaries and murder? And you'll hear some familiar voices like Dateline's Keith Morrison and Deanna Thompson of Don't F with Cats and Sarah Marshall of the hit podcast You're Wrong About. But in true spectacle fashion, you'll also nerd out with true crime scholars like the real Lolita author Sarah Weinman and criminologist Don Cecil. They answer the questions we've all thought before. Why do so many of us love to unwind to true crime? And what does this fascination with murder say about us? The newest season digs into that and so much more. Here's a clip for you to get a taste yourself.
1: Dawn Cecil never thought her criminology courses would be so popular. She teaches at the University of South Florida. But with the explosion of true crime and classes with names like Orange is the New Black and Women in Prison, she's seen her roster fill up quickly. She's learned students are interested for many reasons, reasons that sometimes perplex her. Like that time she went on a field trip with some students. I have actually been to
2: death row where Ted Bundy was once held. The reason I remember this is because we saw the electric chair. And one of my students said, my hero died in that chair.
1: She's like, what? I must have heard you wrong.
2: What do you mean your hero? And she said, Ted Bundy was executed in that chair. And they all had sat in this chair, which is its own something. Um, But I was like, you are a criminology student. You're studying about justice and you just called Ted Bundy your hero.
1: This was a field trip to Florida State Prison and part of the tour was seeing the electric chair. The electric chair that executed Ted Bundy among others. You know, Ted Bundy the serial killer from the 70s who confessed to killing at least 30 women. And some estimate his victim count is closer to 100. But despite that, people think it's cool to be closer to this man.
2: So they asked the students if they wanted to sit in it, and they all wanted to sit in it. I've actually been twice, and every student sat in it
1: both times. I mean, why? Why are we like this? We can't entirely fault this woman for exalting Ted Bundy for whatever strange reason, because you know what? She's mirroring society. And that is what I want us to explore today. What makes us lionize, obsess, fantasize over murderers? And why are some killers more interesting to us than others? Time and time again, we see media come out. Movies, TV shows, podcasts that are trying to get into the mind of the killer. And oftentimes, in this attempt to understand the person behind the gruesome crimes, we end up downplaying the heinous acts and sympathizing a person who does not deserve our sympathy. Bundy is the most obvious example of this. His trial in the late 70s was the first to be televised nationally, and it was kind of a sensation. Even though he was accused and would later be convicted of bludgeoning and then raping and strangling women, he was described as handsome and charismatic. Assault and murder. Yeah, charming.
3: Well, so when Ted Bundy was on trial in 1979, not only were people watching it on TV, but young women were driving to
1: go to the trial live. That's Alyssa Wilkinson. She's a film critic and senior culture reporter at Vox. And then when we think about
3: someone like Ted Bundy, again, handsome, suave, educated, the judge said that, you know, he would have made a good lawyer (laughs) during the trial. We're seeing a televised trial, and that means that the person who's sort of in the center of the trial becomes a star. And... That's even more potent in the early days of televised trials. Ted Bundy
1: was the star.
2: Each day, the courtroom is filled with spectators drawn by a fascination with Theodore Bundy himself or by the gruesome details of the crimes. Bloodstained pillows, pictures of the murdered coeds, evidence that the women were sexually abused. What is unusual to see is that many of the onlookers are women, young women, contemporaries of the five Florida State sorority sisters who were assaulted in their beds a year and a half ago.
1: Some saw a man who had terrorized women like them, and it scared them. Every time
2: he turns around, I kind of get that feeling, no, no, you know, (laughs) he's going to get me next.
1: Even though they're hearing the gruesome details of these murders, many women were so taken by him that they couldn't believe that he'd really done it.
2: I'm not afraid of him. He just doesn't look like the type to kill somebody. You try to imagine yourself in his place and to see how he's feeling, looking at the pillows with blood stains and everything, and if, if he really did it or not.
1: There were women who were able to distance themselves from his heinous acts and find him, okay, I can't believe I'm even saying this, desirable. They were sometimes dressing up like the
3: stereotype of his... Victims, which was long hair parted in the middle, wearing hoop earrings, young, beautiful women. That was his typical victim.
1: Yes, there were groupies, serial killer groupies. And keep in mind, these women were saying this after hearing brutal testimony from survivors like Karen Chandler.
3: I had a broken jaw. Um, some of my
2: teeth were knocked out. Um, I had um,
1: broken I had a broken arm and a crushed finger. Or her sorority sister, Kathy Kleiner. My jaw was broken in three places.
3: I had um, lacerations on my shoulder and like whiplash on my neck.
2: Any
1: problem with your teeth? Yes, sir. I had um, my teeth are still loose on the bottom. I have a pin in my jaw. For people watching, there was this mixture of fear and intrigue.
3: Here is a suave white guy murdering promising young white women. And the reason it becomes a media circus is simply because that's not someone that
1: we expect. So much of true crime is defined, not so much by the reality of what happened, but our societal expectations of what a person who would do that might be like, or look like. And when they butt up against those stereotypes, we find it surprising, or even impossible. And that's what this episode is all about. Serial killers as sex symbols. Ted Bundy was handsome. Charles Manson was sexy and Jeffrey Dahmer was cute. And oh yeah, one minor fact, they murdered people. Why do we glamorize men who commit heinous acts, particularly white conventionally attractive men? What about all the other killers out there? And what does it say about us that we continue to tell these stories over and over and over again? We're going to get into that and so much more. Stay with us. From Neon Hum Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Mariah Smith, and this is Spectacle True Crime.
0: From Neon Hum Media and Sony Music Entertainment, subscribe to Spectacle True Crime. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.